The Falcons blew a 28-3 lead. Tom Brady cemented himself as the GOAT. Ezekiel Elliott blossomed into one of the league's best running backs, then became its most controversial. Odell Beckham and a kicking net became the league's most peculiar marriage since Mike Ditka and Ricky Williams. What will the headlines of 2017 become? We're about to find out. Week one, let's do this. Let's run. You're listening to Run Up the Score, a fantasy football podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to Run Up the Score and welcome to the 2017-2018 NFL season. I am Donald Wagonblast. Along with me for this ride is my brother Scott hey. and our friend Tom Hillier. Hey, everybody. And we are into the meat and potatoes of the fantasy football season. We are into the main course we're going to be churning out two episodes a week from this point on until week 17 ends. And we've got our first weekly preview of what's to come. We've got a great slate of games, a very interesting slate of games. A couple of games that are going to be a little bit marred by injury concerns and suspension concerns. And for these preview episodes, we, we like to start off with the headlines that are important, but we don't really need to do that because we're going to be previewing every single game. So if there is something that you know, you're know you waiting to hear us talk about, just know that we're probably going to be talking about that with that player's particular game. The other thing I want to mention is that we are recording this on Labor Day, Monday, September 4th. So you may hear the Schefter siren uh, throughout this episode because there might be some headlines that we're waiting to hear confirmation on uh, before... Thursday's game. And Teams we're gonna are mostly going to be in preservation mode of their best players to get them ready for the season. It's going to come down to, you know, we're very interested to see where the Zeke situation may be at that time. I think that that will be the most, the update that everyone may be looking most Right. And That's basically it. Well, we do have the Odell Beckham ankle injury, which he still hasn't returned to practice. But, and, and the problem with those two, and we can kind of leave it for the game, but the problem with those two is they do play Sunday night. So right. you're going to be very limited in your uh, options if you're waiting to hear a word from them. So have a backup plan, but we would understand, I think, for week one, if you left those guys on your bench to try and secure that week one victory if, if you're not really sure what's going on. Right. Uh, shall we, gentlemen? Shall we dance? Let's begin. All right. So the Thursday night game, as per NFL tradition, it starts off with the Super Bowl champions home opener. Right. The New England Patriots are hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs were 12-4 and last year. They surprisingly won the AFC West and kind of ran away with it thanks to Denver's inefficiency at quarterback and the Derek Carr injury. Right. Uh, I think all three of us, if we were just doing a regular pick em, would probably take the Patriots in this game. Uh, so... But we're obviously not doing that, so we're talking fantasy. So let's start with the we Chiefs. We could. Uh, but let's start with the Chiefs. You know, we've got Tyreek Hill. We've got Travis Kelsey. We've got now Kareem Hunt as our starting right. running back. What are our prospects for the Chiefs in this game? I think that, um, obviously, if you pick Kelsey, you're starting him. Um, for As far as Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt go, I think that it's tough to start someone against the Patriots, typically, especially in a week one, but there's going to be some mystery around it. For me, I, 
I think Tyreek Hill is be, was drafted for the most part as a starter, but I might be looking to my bench to see what other matchups there are to plug him in. I'm not too scared about Kareem Hunt. I think he's going to accumulate a lot of volume, especially in the PPR league. But um, I'd be nervous about Tyreek Hill. I am nervous about Tyreek Hill as a Tyreek Hill shareholder. I've got him in my flex right now in our hometown league, and I'm actually benching him this week. Um, it might be just over... Over analysis on my part, but I do think the Patriots and Bill Belichick specifically are very good at taking away that one unique piece of your offense. And so I think Tyreek Hill is going to see a lot of different coverages. I think he's going to see a lot of man to man and with safety help. So I don't see him having that big play potential over the course of, of this game. However, I do really like Travis Kelsey here because the Patriots can be had down the middle of the field. They like to rush their edge linebackers, and Dante Hightower is now possibly moving to an edge position to fill in that Rob Ninkovich role. So I think Kelsey is in for a big game because I don't know who's going to cover him. Yeah, and it's just discomforting when you sit a guy like Tyree Kill because you know the potential is there to make you really regret that decision. But the same sentiment that you put out, I agree with. You know, the Patriots can scheme that one player off. So depending on the league and depending on my depth – there are situations where I'm starting him at wide receiver. There are situations where I'm flexing him. And there are situations where I'm benching him. Right. So like in PPR, I would start Larry Fitzgerald over him this week, even mm-hmm. though I may have drafted him later than Tyreek. Right. For the Patriots, um, probably all systems go. I imagine you start your Tom Brady's every week. You're going to start Gronk while you got him. And as far as the backfield goes... I'm not starting anyone from back there. This could, I feel like maybe even not just week one, maybe like week two, week three, even into week four, I'm at a wait and see mode for the Patriots backfield. If I own Gillisley, if I own uh, James White, Rex Burkhead, Burkhead, even if they're a Deion Lewis believer, um, you know, so it's going to be tough, but wide receiver, I'm all systems go. If I, if I have a good feeling about Chris Hogan, I'm starting him. Cooks is obviously going to be slotted in lineups because he was drafted so early. And who doesn't love starting Gronk week one? Right. Last yeah. time the Patriots played in the opening game of the season, Gronk had seven catches for two touchdowns. I'm with you guys. Fire up the pass catchers. Yeah. Let the running backs hopefully try to figure themselves out in the early weeks. Right. So uh, let's move on now to Sunday slate. We've got a barn burner on our hands on the first. I'm actually just going off of the NFL's website, so I'm not doing these in any particular order. Um, but we first game is Jets-Bills. Right, um, yeah, This looked a lot cooler before the Bills decided to go like nuclear and blow the whole thing up. Uh, Tyrod Taylor still has some concussion concerns. We haven't heard an announcement uh, either way, I don't think. Uh, so... If Possibly he's out, siren there. Yeah, yeah. There potentially. you go. Um, I don't know. Shady here. I kind of, I kind of like picking the options in this game because I do think that it's going to be an ugly game, and with that could lead to a lot more broken plays. Um, you know, guys who who we've loved, Robbie Anderson and Zay Jones, actually walk into pretty favorable matchups uh, this weekend. I'm not, you know, if maybe if you're in a 12 man league, those that's kind of guy that might actually get a start for me week one, but. Obviously, um, another guy who I love, Bilal Powell. I expect him to see a ton of volume, and and the Bills just traded away like every good defensive draft pick they've had for the past three years. So he should have a lot of room to run. Yeah, the, the running backs in that game, you're going to start those guys. Yep. Um, those receivers, the Zay Jones, Robbie Anderson. While we're very hopeful on them, you should at this point have probably some better options. Right. But both are with. probably going to be pretty affordable and. Uh, daily fantasy yeah they're probably taking a flyer on either one of them is 
recommended, I would say, in Daily Fantasy. Yeah, I agree. Um, but, you know, as far as your week-to-week lineup, it stinks kind of that this is the first week because you don't have that gauge on them yet, yeah. how actually involved they will be because this is the kind of matchup you'd like to use them in. Thankfully, they play in the same division. They're going to play again. Right. So once that comes up, maybe we'll say unload them. But today, I, I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. Right. Um, I will say this for the Jets in week one. Josh Rosen, the quarterback from UCLA, looked great last night in that comeback <laughs> over Texas A&M. So the Jets are really hoping for that number one pick. They better hope that they can get Josh Rosen. <laughs> Moving on now to Philadelphia at Washington. Uh, what stands out to me is Washington said they want to use Josh Norman as more of a shadow guy, which I think for me is really bad news for all Sean Jeffrey. But at the same time, I'm a big believer in Zach Ertz this year, so I'm starting him with confidence uh, wherever I have him this week. Definitely on board with the Zach Ertz thing, and we have seen Alshon Jeffrey be shut down. I actually mentioned it in the Bold Predictions episode. Rhodes totally shut him down. Yeah. So um, he did score a touchdown in that game, if anyone's going to go fact check me. But <laughs> Rhodes was hurt. Leaves the the field and then he goes and they scores throw a quick one. A touchdown pass yeah. immediately to Alshon. Yeah. But before that, he was deathly quiet, like right. nothing was going on. So it, it's possible to shut down a big guy like that. But then it's also possible for the big guy to just get you know a touchdown or yeah. something where the the ball's unreachable for right. Norman, where Alshon or someone like him can go grab. In it. the preseason, neither defense really looked too dominant. I think the Eagles had maybe a good stretch for a little while in one of the games. Um, I expect this game to be maybe in the 20s, could even reach up into the 30s, so a bit of a high-scoring game. I'm all in on anyone that you drafted on the Redskins. Um, I love Kirk Cousins. You're going to start him. That's your quarterback. Also, really like Pryor um, and really the receiving core. Reed will be healthy in play. I also like Rob Kelly, too. I think that there's a good chance that there's a lot of red zone opportunity and he sneaks in a touchdown. Possible guy you can throw in if you need a filler in your flex or, you know, with the Sneed news, you might need a flex guy. Rob Kelly, if you have him, I think he's worth a start. I don't think anyone in the Eagles' backfield is worth a start yet. I'm in a wait-and-see mode there, but I also very much like Ertz. I think a lot of teams could be a little sad because you guys know I love Josh Norman. I expect him to shut down Jeffrey, so I'm a little lower on him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm kind of in a wait-and-see mode with Blunt as well. I know we, we do like him as a podcast. Right. We're going to see how that offense works with him. The reports about him have been you know, odd, to say the least. They're not too enthused, but... His talent, especially in standard leagues and red zone capability. It's just, it's just his overall size makes me think that he'll get carries. But at this stage, it, I, it just feels a little too premature for me to start him. And where you were able to draft him was, is still a spot where we thought was advantageous, which means you don't need to start him week one most right. likely. Yeah, for example, I'm starting a guy like Tevin Coleman over him right, right now. It's just interesting to me because, like, Wendell Smallwood is the guy that they think is going to spell Blunt instead. But they liked him so much, they went out and signed Blunt in the right. offseason. So I'm not sold on him taking over Blunt's role. Let's move on now. Uh, this might be the highest-scoring matchup of the week. Uh, we get the Raiders and the Titans. Derek Carr, Marcus Mariota coming back from their leg injuries from last year. Um, I am all in on this game. I think it's going to be fireworks from the yeah. get-go. I'm starting anyone who's available. If I had to pick a guy who I think is going to score a lot, I'm going with, I think Amari Cooper might catch a long one in this game. 
I, I, I agree with you. I like everybody in this matchup. I think I'm starting everyone in this matchup. We both, I think all of us really enjoy both teams as just standalone fantasy players. And I think that this is a great matchup for that. The thing that I'm like most upset about in this game is that our local coverage will have us watching Jets Bills when we should be watching Raiders Titans. I think it's I think this is like the game I'm most excited about in week one. And like you said, for that reason, I think it'll be high scoring. And I think that all the players are going to are going to kind of come out and play for that team early on. And it's going to be exciting. And that kind of what you said, like those new players like Eric Decker is is a scary play for me here. I was thinking about starting him as my flex. And I do think that he's going to have value. But I if I if I could, I would like to wait and see him meld with that offense before I start him with confidence. But you know, he's playing against Oakland. They were getting torched all preseason. They got torched last season. So if there was a spot to start Eric Decker, I think it would be this one. Yeah, and for all you guys who got good value out there on Michael Crabtree, mm-hmm. we think you can start him week to week, but this is a week where you definitely have yeah. to. Yeah. I mean, the the league where I have him, he's in my flex, but yeah. just based on, you know, where I drafted him, he fell to my flex position. Right. I have no sense of urgency to tinker with that. He will be in my lineup week one. And yeah. like you said, I, this is a game where we're going to be having the computers out. We're going to be streaming games that are out of our network. So we'll be watching. And yeah. this is one that, uh, you know, the laptop is going to get a little bit more work than the television. One thing that I think will be cool to, just to add in, um, the Titans added two brand new cornerbacks that are off or their defense signed Logan Ryan from the Patriots, who was great for them in, in their run last year and also drafted a Dory Jackson. So, their pass defense seems as though it's not going to be as bad. You know, if you had a receiver last year and they were playing the Titans, you started them. It might not exactly be the case this full season, but I think for this week, you're fine starting Crabtree and Cooper. We now move to the battle for Florida. Tampa Bay playing at Miami. Alrighty, folks, that is the sound of our Adam Schefter siren here on Run Up the Score. We've got news to break to you about the Miami Dolphins-Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. I'm Donald. Joining me is Scott. Hey. And Scotty, unfortunately, due to the complications caused by Hurricane Irma, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Miami Dolphins will be playing their Week 1 matchup in Week 11. So, essentially, Week 1 now becomes the bye week for these teams. So, our fantasy players, they are not starting Mike Evans. They are not starting... Uh, Devontae Parker, they are not starting Jay Ajay. They're not starting Jaquiz Rogers. They're not starting Jameis Winston if they want to win. Right. If uh, if you feel like losing, go for it. But uh, it's an interesting situation because um, you would think that the players wouldn't want to play 16 straight games, um, which is what's going to happen now that their bye week is week one. I think it's a little unfair to them. But on the flip side, I heard an uh, interview with one of the D linemen from the Bucks and he was like, okay, yeah, I could go play a game in Pittsburgh while my family is still in Florida dealing with the storm. You know, the players want to be with their family. And I think that that aspect kind of played into just saying, all right, your bye week's going to be week one and you're going to play 16 straight weeks. Yeah, I think, you know, the human element does come in here. And I think it's a good thing that the NFL has done this because it does, you know, give the human element of these teams time to figure out their lives post hurricane, uh, which is going to be obviously very difficult. Our thoughts are with those of you in Florida. We hope all of you stay safe and everything else. Um, In the meantime, though, this is going to be a very interesting uh, season for the Buccaneers and Dolphins going forward, because just because the, their bye week is passed, doesn't mean they. I don't think it doesn't mean that they won't sit players. You know, if if you've got, you know, 
a guy who's nursing a hamstring injury and it's you know a week old the Buccaneers might be more willing to sit a player like that right. so that he gets that rest because they know that the bye week will not save that player uh, for the rest of this year. It does help them. They'll probably be very refreshed and recharged for week one, but or for week two, I apologize. But you know, it's going to be a very interesting situation to monitor. Once again, Hurricane Irma has caused the Dolphins-Buccaneers game to be moved to week 11. It will still be played in the same stadium that it was planning on, but the game will not be happening. So if you've got Mike Evans, if you've got J.H.I., Devontae Parker, Jaquiz Rogers, Jameis Winston, Cameron Braid, or O.J. Howard, get those guys out of your lineups if you plan on winning in week one. Let's bring it back to our week one preview. Moving on now, uh, we've got a heavy-hearted game. Jacksonville is going to Houston. Obviously, our thoughts and prayers are with everybody in Houston. We've donated already. We're going to continue to do that. We suggest that everybody who listens do that as well because the people of Texas really need uh, help from everywhere they can get it from. Uh, And also, hats off to J.J. Watt. At the time of this recording, I think he was at $17 million. Um, I think it's even higher. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it is. By the time this posts on Thursday, I'm sure it will be. Um, so unfortunately they do have to play a football game. Um, you know, we know that these games can go one of two ways. Houston can come out with, you know, a lot of energy and just, you know, hit Jacksonville in the mouth and just never look back or, you know, they can kind of start off slow and then the kind of the weight of the moment maybe takes them over and it's a, it's a slog of a game. We know that Jacksonville is going to want to run four net. So I think he's going to, he's going to be basically a lock to get 15 or more carries, which we like. I just really don't see him running to anywhere right yeah, I, I really like Houston's defense I think that they're like fully healthier you know they're a lot healthier this year and obviously they have Watt with Clowney who who Clowney had to play and and kind of try to dominate without Watt there I think he'll benefit a lot more having Watt there obviously this year um I'm fading on every Jaguar I don't I don't want to start any I have Robinson in two leagues um I'm starting him in one just because you know he's I, I kind of need him to start in one, yeah. but in my other one, I, I don't. I don't want any part of him, and I don't want any part of the Jags' offense, even Fournette in Week One. Two guys we talk about a lot together, you know, Allen Robinson and DeAndre Hopkins, right. and they're playing each other in this game. I'm not overly excited for either one of them. No, no. DeAndre Hopkins is going up against an improved. Um, already good possibly secondary. his former teammate because now yep. A.J. Boye, Boye the great cornerback with a great year last year goes from the Texans to the Jaguars so he may be lined up with DeAndre himself or, yeah, or matched up with uh, Jalen Ramsey as well yep. yes yeah, so that's a pretty formidable uh, secondary to go against if it's DeAndre Hopkins of last year you know, if this was week 18 of 2016, no one would be recommending <laughs> that you start DeAndre Hopkins. Right. So there's one way to look at it in that respect. I can understand if you're too thin and you need to maybe flex him or something. Uh, that could be a situation where I might look to Zay Jones, where I might look to uh, Robbie Anderson. I'm right. starting in, in one of my leagues in a full point PPR league. I'm actually... I had Allen Robinson in my flex. I actually pulled him out last night. I'm starting Adam, Adam Thielen over him. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, and the same kind of rhetoric goes for Hopkins with how good the the, the Jags defensive backfield seems like it's gonna be combined with how poor Savage you know kind of looks. It, I think that there's a chance Savage and and Hopkins really have a good rapport, but at this point, I, I'm nervous about it. Yeah, just matchup wise, that one's a little bit more of a nightmare. Yeah, Lamar Miller should be getting his touches in this one if you've drafted him. Uh, 
you'll still and I don't see think some, you have many options beyond him that look better. Yeah, you'll still see the the share that you want, especially in I week think you, one. Yeah, you're going to get a Lamar Miller game yeah. out of him, basically, and nothing really more, in my right. opinion. This is an e- that's going to be like one of the lowest scoring games I think of the week. Uh, I'm not very Jags, excited Texans. about that. I game. think the Texans will win. Yeah, me too. This one could get high scoring. This one could also be super fluky. We've got Cardinals at Lions. The Cardinals found a, new ways to lose games seemingly every week last year. And the Lions um, found new ways to win games exactly, seemingly so. every week last year. And it always seems like the Lions are winning some crazy game or something crazy seems to always happen week one with the Lions. If you remember quite a few years back, the Megatron catch at the end of the Bears game week one. Uh, was, was right, right, nuts. yeah, yeah. That yeah, was the, when we figured the, out that no one knows what a catch is. Right, the catch, non-catch. Right. Yeah. So I mean, all systems go for David Johnson. Uh, I th- I think uh, Larry Fitzgerald's, who's statistically a very strong starter, is going to be great. I think. Yeah. You know, the Lions are going to have to pass a lot throughout this game because I think the Cardinals are going to be putting up quite a few points. So Golden Tate, your Marvin Jones. I'm not starting Kenny Galladay yet. No, yeah, and I don't, I don't think Ebron's healthy enough for you to start him at your tight end either. I'm not incredibly excited about Tate because I do think that he'll see uh, his fair share of Patrick Peterson or Tyron Matthew. Um, but I think that this game is going to be a very exciting game. And I think that the players for each team, you know, like our, our fantasy guys are going to show up. Larry Fitz is going to have his usual game. David Johnson's going to run well. I also think that although their defensive backfield is very good, I think Stafford will accumulate a lot of stats. Um, I also really like Theo Riddick in this game, too. I think that in the shorter type of passing game that he's going to have a good game against Arizona. Yeah, especially in PPR formats, I think – we're going to see Theo Riddick uh, outscore Amir Abdullah in this week. The right. Cardinals have so actually struggled defending running backs out of the backfield. So that's kind of the only plus in that regard right. for Lions players because Arizona is a tough matchup. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Moving now to one of the more popular survivor picks for this week. We've got the Falcons going to Chicago to take on the Bears. Falcons, like I said at the beginning, they blew a 28-3 lead. They're looking to get that taste out of their mouth. Um, They get a team that doesn't really seem too concerned about winning this year. And I think that this is, you know, I I do think the Falcons are going to win, but I do think the Falcons are going to have some easy games later in the year where you're going to need them as your survivor um, moving forward. But I do think, you know, I'm starting all my Falcons. Yeah, Yeah. this is a this is a Tevin Coleman included game. Yes, I think I think that if you pick Tevin Coleman, um, start him this week. Yeah, these are the kind of games where you you pretty much know unequivocally that they're going to get a lot of um, just. I don't want to say reps because it's not practice anymore, but they're going to get a lot a, of they're going to run a lot of plays. Yeah, versus yeah. The, yeah. exactly. Versus the, versus the Bears, and right. that game script bodes well for running backs, Tevin Coleman included. So he can be involved early, he can be involved often, and he can score in the RB one range this week. I think that he can be also involved heavily late in that game too as maybe the Falcons start to build a bigger lead they want to pull Freeman who's already gone through concussion protocol this year maybe they pull him back on the reins and let Tevin Coleman eat a little bit instead um obviously love Julio this week um I think a a sleeper starter at receiver is Kevin White they will be losing most likely there's going to be a lot of volume out there and 
you know, the Falcons defensive backs don't necessarily light the world on fire. So I think that there's some opportunity for Kevin White. I think that there's plenty of opportunity still for Jordan Howard as well. I think he'll not have much trouble running against that Falcons front, and he'll be able to catch a couple passes for you too. I'm actually going to go against what Scott just said. I think the Falcons defense is a great stream this week. The Bears offensive line could not keep Cutler healthy last year. They had trouble protecting Matt Barkley. They had trouble protecting basically anybody else who was out there. So, you know, you got Vic Beasley. You got Takaris McKinley, who has looked very good in the preseason. Signed Dontari Poe in the offseason. They got Dontari Poe in the offseason. Like, this could be a big sack game, which makes the Falcons defense very streamable this week. I actually am streaming them this week. And uh, another thing that Scott said, with Kevin White, I think it's also fair to look out for Kendall Wright. Yes. So we're going to see which which of these guys is really going to be what the number one position looks like on the Bears. And I'd say most of our listeners don't have a Bears receiver in their starting lineup now that Cam Meredith went down. So this is going to be a good wait and see week because, you know, Kevin White and Kendall Wright might both be available as your waivers. So take a look at the game script, see what happens, maybe put a claim in for one of them. Uh, let's move on now. A big-time divisional game uh, in the AFC North. The Ravens and the Bengals are playing in Cincinnati. Uh, this is a week that I'm a little worried about Danny Woodhead because he's had the hamstring injury. He was out for a while. I'm a little worried about the entire Ravens offense just because right. Joe Flacco missed pretty much the entire preseason and training camp with that back injury. So I'm kind of staying away from that where I can. So I'm not starting Mike Wallace. I'm not starting Jeremy Macklin. Terrence West, maybe, because it does look like he's going to get the early down work. Um, But for the Bengals, I'm full steam ahead, um, except for the backfield, because I think we should give that a couple weeks. I think that the backfield is going to need at least a week or so to figure out if if King Hill or if Mixon is going to assume that early running down role. But um, as far as the Ravens go, I I, I still like Danny Woodhead this week. I, I just I feel like. You know, I you know you're gonna hear me saying this all year, but the fact of the matter is that the volume is gonna be there, and as long as he's healthy, he's gonna be out on the field for them. He's gonna rack up those catches, and it's been in his career he's done it against. It doesn't matter who what defense it's really been. He's done it against good defense. He's done it against bad defense. So if you're as gung ho on Danny Woodhead as I am, I think you could still start him week one. But I agree. Let's see where those targets go between Wallace and Macklin before we throw one of them in the starting lineup as well. Um, you're going to start A.J. Green on the on the flip side. You're going to start A.J. Green. Obviously, I love Eifert, so I think Eifert's a good start, even though the Ravens were pretty good against tight ends last year. And, you know, going back to cut, bring it full circle, the running backs for the Bengals just have, have a little too many questions for yeah. me. Yeah, Jeremy Hill's actually not 100% right now, so it's kind of opening that window for Joe Mixon, right. which is a a script that makes me weep. It's a tragedy yeah, for definitely. me. But we'll see. I mean, I think Jeremy Hill, I don't think you're starting him right now, but this is the kind of situation where you'll see if he's out there. You'll see if he's getting that goal line work. So that will cure your concerns or confirm them if you're a Joe Mixon owner. Scott mentioned that the Ravens are very good versus the tight end, but I think Eifert is one of those guys that, that shouldn't scare you as badly as if you were rolling out, you know, a less, a, a, high, a less caliber, you know, tight end than Eifert. He's a goal line guy. He's a red zone guy. Yeah. So it kind of shrinks the field where he's the most effective, and those kind of things fall by the wayside. If I was starting, you know, like Charles Clay, right? You know, I would be way more afraid of the Ravens defense, and, and yeah. particularly in tight end. All it really takes is that one goal line look 
to make your entire week worth it, and then the rest is just bonus. Right. So I, you know, I'm not I'm not scared of Eifert at all this week. Um, we have another NFC AFC North matchup, and of course, this one isn't anywhere near as compelling. The Steelers are going to Cleveland to take on the Browns, another team not quite interested in winning just yet. Uh, we will see the debut of Deshaun Kaiser. We've been all over this news as you know you need to start the defense that's playing against the Browns until Kaiser proves that you can't do that. And I think for week one, the Steelers defense, which looked very good towards the end of last year, if you can get them to stream, go for it. Yeah, um, I, have, I have them, and I drafted them in a couple of leagues. Um, love them for daily, too. Uh, I'm worried about Le'Veon Bell this week just because with the holdout and with what we ex- expect to be a very large Steelers lead, they might try to limit his carries to try and ease him back in. They really couldn't have asked for a better opponent to do that with. So do I still think he's going to be on the field and effective? Absolutely. Do I think that we might start to see James Conner and their other backs towards the end of this game? Possibly. Yeah, I think James Conner will get a little more run here than than any other game this year. Agreed. Right. Barring uh, Le'Veon Bell injury, suspension, anything right. like that. Because they haven't. he hasn't been with the team, you know? So it's... It's been a weird road, and especially if you're following him on social media, he's been putting out freestyles and rapping. Applying, and applying to Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen. Yeah. It's been a weird thing, and it makes me – I look at it, I'm like, well, I guess he's not going back to the Steelers. And then the next song is like a Steelers anthem thing, so I'm like very confused about it. Um, I'd obviously start him against the Browns. I would never advise you sit Le'Veon Bell pretty much ever. So yeah. this is clearly a plus matchup. Um, Antonio Brown, obviously all – you know – all full steam ahead. Yeah. And with the Browns, I'm not sure I'm starting anybody. No. Um, the Browns, yeah. Let Corey Coleman and Kenny Britt prove that you can start them. What about Crowell, though? Everyone who has has that good Crowell point. stock Crowell, drafted him pretty high. Yes, I would He's actually start effective. Crowell. I think it's a good matchup for Crowell. So I, yeah. I, I kind of uh, yeah. want to go Overlooked back on him, that maybe, one. Yeah. I, another, I forgot. Another thing, keep your eye on Duke Johnson because the reports have been – they've been raving about him. They've been saying that he might be their slot receiver yep. this year. So That's right. You know – Let's see what they do with him because I think it could be very interesting. He's a guy I'm interested to see his role too. And another guy that, that we just we didn't really talk about, um, Martavis Bryant's worth a start in my opinion. Um, his his touchdown rate is too high against a team that's that bad, and it's not like he wasn't there for training camp. He was there and available as much as he could be. So he's gotten those types of reps in. I I think that he's a pretty good candidate. Yeah. As much as I'm not like I'm not a very big Martavis Bryant fan personally, but I think he's a pretty Good yeah. candidate to score a touchdown. And just to circle, you know why I'm starting him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and just to circle back, I'm not saying don't start Le'Veon Bell. I'm just saying don't expect that blow-up 25, 30, 35-point game from him just because I think they're going to try to manage his reps specifically this the volume. week. Yeah. Um, just to make sure. Would but if been, he scores twice, then you're good. Yeah. Would have been better if he played the Browns week yeah. two, you know? Right. Right. Moving on to a game that we need to talk about specifically because of the headlines surrounding it. The Colts are going to Los Angeles to play the Rams. Andrew Luck will not be playing. Scott Tolzien will be playing. Um, I think we were talking about this even before we started recording. I'm not starting Frank Gore. I'm not starting T.Y. Hilton. I'm specifically not starting Dante Moncrief. I've got Jack Doyle in a league. I'm rolling him out there because I just think, you know, let's see what happens. Um, But this is the week to own Todd Gurley. Because the Colts' run defense was not very good last year, and we don't think the Colts are going to be able to move the ball much. There's going to be a lot of plays out there for that Rams offense, which means a lot of work for Todd Gurley, especially in that second half. If there was ever a time for Todd Gurley to prove that 
you know, his detractors were wrong. It's this game, and I really hope he does. Yeah, it's a really good matchup for him, and I'm very excited about it for, you know, the teams where I own him and probably daily. Yeah, I agree. It's worth noting, too, that Vontae Davis is probably not going to play in this game. That's right. So the defense takes he's a hit there. He's out multiple weeks. Yeah, he's going to be out for a little while. And, uh, you know, Jared Goff, Cooper Cup, they could put together something versus this easy, you know, soft target week one, you know, start to build up that confidence. And that's exactly kind of what the Rams need right now. Yeah, they need a, a confidence boost. And I think you're right. Todd Gurley needs it more than anyone. And as you guys know, I'm rooting for him as much as anyone. I think that you're right, though, Donnie. This is this is the week to try and take advantage of Todd Gurley before we see this Rams new offense and what he's really capable of against a, what's going to probably be a pretty weak Colts defense combined with an offense that's going to give them a lot of opportunity. I don't hate Sammy Watkins either. I think it's more of a dart throw where you're looking for a deep touchdown, but Novante Davis really sets up the back end of that for, for him to take advantage. Robert yeah. Woods too, but unfortunately we, we can't really start a Rams wide receiver receiver with confidence until we see you know what their rapport with Goff looks like if there was going to be a week to do it though this might be the week to roll the dice specifically in daily yeah and Um, the Rams defense it's worth mentioning becomes a good start absolutely um, if you're streaming also you've got to replace Andrew Luck if you drafted him we were starting to recommend Ben Roethlisberger now with the Tyrod Taylor uh, injury so if you have him good move on you because he gets to play the Browns like we mentioned if Tyrod's active, he plays the Jets, like we mentioned, so he'd be a good right, uh, no problem fill there. in. Can I throw in a dark horse here? Uh, yeah, I've got a couple more. Was Palmer? No. I was going to say Palmer versus Detroit. Sure. Yeah. Largely undrafted. I, I think that's a that's a matchup where he can really put together fifteen plus. Yeah. And you know, I Don? like Sam Bradford against the Saints. Sam Bradford against the Saints is you know perfectly good. It's a little more out there for sure than Carson Palmer, obviously, but you know most accurate season in history. Yeah, yeah, last year. I think that it's worth. I think that a lot of um, a lot of people are really kind of sleeping on Eli Manning too. I think that he's a he's a prime backup quarterback pick for a lot of guys who maybe have a quarterback and want to and want to take a guy. He's normally a guy who goes in that bench role quarterback. But if he's available out there, I think that he there's another guy that like you start him and you'll have no problem week one. Yeah, you got to monitor Odell Beckham in that situation as well though because right. he's a little less useful without him. Right. I would agree. Uh, Moving on now to the second game that can stake its claim as the highest scoring, most exciting game of the year or of the week. Uh, We've got Seattle going to Green Bay to take on the Packers. Seattle went into Green Bay last year. They ended up, uh, I think it ended up being like a 34-21 game where everybody's, everybody's fantasy players in that game got a piece of the pie. And so this could be the same type of thing. Um, I want to see the Packers win, so I'm, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers is matchup proof. Obviously, um, going into this year, we'll yeah. see what Sheldon Richardson can do in the week that he has to prepare. I think they're going to use him sparingly in certain situations, but, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm starting everybody I have in this game. Yeah, this game has always been so interesting, in my opinion. Like every time. I see Packers Seahawks on TV. I'm interested. I want to watch like the whole game because the way it unfolds is normally pretty epic. Um, I'm fine. Like you said, I'm good with Rodgers. Uh, definitely starting him. I'm not as excited as maybe for like a, like a Devontae Adams or a Randall Cobb, but I do think that there's opportunity there for them. Seahawks defense, obviously kind of nervous about, but you probably picked him pretty early if you picked him. So you can still start him. They could still get you some sacks and some stuff like that. Flipping over to Seahawks, though, I, I like 
everybody that you can start for them, basically, besides their backfield. Just, right. just too many questions. But give me Baldwin, give me give me Wilson, give me Graham. You know, definitely start all of them, no problem. Yeah, that Packers defense has historically struggled with running quarterbacks, and they were historically bad against the pass last year. So it's really setting up for Russell Wilson to light it up week one. Yeah, they were very bad, much of a soft target. So it's I'm on board, start your Seahawks. But we're going to have to take a long, hard look this week at the Seahawks' backfield. Right. You know, who's getting the first reps? Who's getting uh, goal line reps? If we can get a glimpse at that, that would be great. How much are they going to use Chris Carson? Yes. Who was impressive. So it's worth monitoring all of those guys. I'm not starting any of them. I have a league where I do own Lacey and Rawls, but they're going to be securely on my bench this week, despite what would be a good matchup if I knew what was going to play out. Right. Yeah. I think there's a little appeal in Lacey just because he's playing against the Packers. Mm. So the, the Seahawks might want to give that, you know, Pete that stick that it to him type of punch, you know. Absolutely, so he might actually. be in the red zone range for, for a touchdown. But, you know, there's too much unknown. I think there's a little too much unknown for a deeper throw like a like a Tyler Lockett or Paul Richardson, too. I want to see how those guys' targets share and how their snap counts kind of pan out as well. Yeah, my official uh, Lacey advice is going to be you could do worse than Eddie Lacey Yeah. Here. Like yeah. I'm not saying go ahead, but I'm saying you know you it's not exactly an endorsement either. No, yeah. no, I'm not starting him as my third running back in a flex position for sure. All right, the last round, the last game of our 405, 425 round, uh, Carolina going to San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco historically bad against the run last year. Carolina's got a new toy at running back that they want to show off in Christian McCaffrey. Cam Newton back, fully healthy, ready to go. Do the math. Uh, this is another really popular survivor pick this week uh, for good reason. I don't see San Francisco pulling the upset here. I think we're going to see a rejuvenated Panthers defense, and I think Cam Newton is going to play with that MVP energy that he had a couple of years ago that we didn't see enough of last year. So I'm starting um, I'm starting Cam with confidence for sure. I think I would have to agree with you. I, I, I agree with you that I think the uh, – Car, I'm sorry, Carolina went through a bit of a culture change this offseason, and they're very excited to go out on the field and show that. Um, I absolutely love McCaffrey in this matchup. I think that um, he will be able to get the carries, not a ton of carries, but you know, if he gets 10 carries, he'll be effective in those 10 carries. He'll probably see six or seven targets, which I think he, he very well could be wide open for against these this 49ers defense. Um, I really like Kelvin Benjamin this week as well. I think that he's a prime touchdown candidate uh, after Tremaine Brock had already left the, the 49ers this offseason, so they lost their best corner from last year. Um, yeah, I, I like everybody on Carolina, basically. Greg Olson as well. Um, looking to, toward the 49ers, um, Hyde is going to get great volume. Yep. So I think that you can start him with confidence. And yes, he may struggle, but he may end up with 25 total touches for maybe 80 yards and a touchdown, which is perfectly fine. And I also like Garcon in volume when uh, the 49ers go down. I do like I do like Hyde this week just because of the sheer volume that he's going to get. And I also think that the 49ers know that they're going to really need to keep Carlos Hyde involved if they want to keep these games close. And so if they show the commitment to do that, and if they show the commitment to getting him out in space, I think he can return some wild value this year for where he was going uh, in our drafts. Tom, I know you said in our Bold Predictions episode, you actually really like Jonathan Stewart in this game. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Um, 
especially as like maybe a daily fantasy play, or maybe you drafted Zeke and you're really thin on running back, like you didn't get Darren McFadden or et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Jonathan Stewart is not going to be useful all year. Uh, if you listen to the last episode, I will. I think he's only useful this week. Right. I think he will be, but. <laughs> but I really, I really do think he will be. I'm certainly playing him in daily fantasy. Um, I think he's a good pick this week. I think Pierre Garcon is going to be a really important member of that offense, but I'm just not sure if this is the week yet. And he was going pretty late. You probably have some better options, but he's another one of those you could do worse than guys. Yeah, agreed. Um, I also think that Marquise Goodwin is worth a look in daily fantasy. He is a deep ball guy. Hoyer connected with one uh, with him in preseason in their last game that they played together. And <clears throat> excuse me. And Carolina gets beat deep. They've been they got beat deep a lot last year. Yeah, they and sure did. It, this is a guy who's that's his job. So he's going to be one of those deadly beat you deep guys. He's a former Olympic sprinter. And he'll be dirt cheap. Absolutely. Yep. Nothing. Moving on now to the Sunday night game. It seems like it's the Sunday night game every year. Uh, week one, Giants at Cowboys. We know we need to keep an eye on the Zeke suspension. Word coming down now that he may actually get the chance to play week one while the appeal hearing is being heard and the lawsuit and the restraining order and blah, 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 blah. Um, but we also need to monitor the Odell Beckham ankle injury. He hasn't returned to practice yet as of this recording, which again, we're recording on Monday, September the 4th. So, Don, if you're doing the Schefter Siren, enter it here. Welcome back, everybody. That is the sound of our Adam Schefter Siren again. We've got more news to break to you. Uh, as of this recording, the Ezekiel Elliott suspension has been upheld. He will, he will, he does have to serve his six-game suspension for now. It's Donald and Scott here with you again. Hello, Scott. Hey. And uh, so the Zeke suspension is still going to happen. It's now going to be pushed back one week, however, uh, as the judge did grant Ezekiel Elliott permission to play week one. So what effect does that have on Zeke for week one? Right. Well, the reason why he's able to play week one is because the, uh, believe it or not, the appeal hearing hearing took longer than expected from the NFL. Wow. (laughs) Another shocking development. But you have to play Zeke this week if you drafted him. Obviously, you drafted him high and all that, but you know this is like the one week that you know he's going to play this year. Put him in your lineup. Of course, it's the Giants, so it's like, all right, he might not do all that great. It's not his, you know, his highest ceiling type of team, but you have to play him. I agree. I think you know the the investment that you made in him to not play him in literally the only week you think you'll have him available for until week nine is foolish. Um, is foolish. Yeah, and you know. This is obviously far from over. He's got a decision pending on the restraining order he filed against the NFL. I was actually talking with my friend Craig. He's at TGS Craig. He's kind of our pseudo-legal consultant for the show because he's uh, he's studying law right now. And basically what he told me was, you know, this is the precedent Brady set, right? Brady was not appealing the suspension. He was appealing the commissioner's power to unilaterally suspend and serve as judge during executioner. Right. And the NFL won that. So what he was telling me was basically, there's no option here. He either has to take the suspension or take it all the way to the Supreme Court and hope he wins there. Right, and I think that the NFL kind of learned from their Brady situation, and that's why they filed the countersuit this year, this time to try and block it before it could even get to the, to the federal court and thus the Supreme Court. Um, that ruling will be coming by Friday, no later than Friday at 5 p.m., 
So um, you're going to have to be paying attention to that, too. We'll be firing out everything we know on Twitter, but, you know, it's ongoing. And it, and guess what? After Friday, it's going to be ongoing. Yeah. It's not going to end. But luckily, you guys have us to make sure that we'll keep you on the straight and narrow with all new Zeke. Absolutely. And, again, no matter what that decision is on Friday, Ezekiel Elliott will be playing on Sunday night, so that means Lock obviously for one. us, you gotta play him. Oh, you yeah. gotta have him in your lineup. One more thing, Odell Beckham did return to practice today. He did one-on-one drills, uh, not fully padded practice yet. We'll, we're still waiting for him. It looks like you're really gonna have to be checking uh, the, his status on Sunday. My personal feeling is they're gonna tape him up and he's gonna play. I agree, uh, but again, you just gotta you can't be too careful, especially week one. We know you guys want to get off uh, and start start your season off on the right foot. And it's a Sunday night game, so make sure you're paying attention to that and possibly maybe even have to pick up a fallback plan for that Sunday night game or the two Monday night games to follow. Right. So we've so if you can't, you've got Sterling Shepard, who's going undrafted in leagues. You've also got um, you know the Cowboys, Broncos, Chargers, right. Saints, and Vikings. If you can pick up a guy on any of those teams, if you're really holding out hope for Odell. Those are the teams right. that you should be targeting. Maybe Terrence Brandon Wh- Coleman, for example. Yeah, Terrence Williams. And I was going to say, I mean, if it was me, I really think that if I was in that position, I would pick up Brandon Coleman and I would have him ready to go. If 10 Gid's available, he's another good one too. But I personally believe Odell is going to take the field. All right. Well, we'll see. Until then, let's get back. Let's let's stop all this legal talk. I feel disgusting. Yeah. Let's get back to the preview of week one. I think that moving over to the Giants, um, I like their receivers. I, I, I'm not going to hate on you for starting Brandon Marshall this week if you want to. Uh, they lost Morris Claiborne, so their best corner is gone for in Dallas. Uh, I think that their pass defense is going to be a little bit more susceptible than it was last season. So I like I like Marshall, um, especially if you know it's going to be too late to tell for Daly, unfortunately. But I really would have liked Sterling Shepard if Odell weren't going to play. But it seems like he's going to play. So fire up Odell, and if you're in a deep league, I, I mean, I'm I'm okay with you firing up Ingram too. Okay. Uh, speaking of Ingram, we're going to move on to Monday night now. Uh, we've got the other Ingram. The Saints. Yeah. We're talking? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, this Ingram. That's what I was. Th- oh, my gosh. Sorry. Well, no, um, I wasn't calling you out for pronunciation. No, yeah. I was just. Yeah. That's what clarifying. I was confused about, though. Um, so we're moving on now. The Saints at the Vikings. Everybody knows the Saints want Adrian Peterson to play well at his old home. Uh, the Vikings defense were probably saying, uh, yeah, good luck to that. Um, for those of you who are drafting the Vikings defense, though, with the hopes of starting them season long, be prepared because the Saints can put up points on anybody. Um, we know That's Drew right. Brees road woes, so maybe we try to see him um, erase some of that memory. Um, but I think this is going to be a pretty interesting game. Like I said, I really like Adam Thielen in this game. Um, the Chiefs, pa- the sorry, the Saints' pass defense uh, still doesn't look that good. Um, so I, I like him across the slot. I think that's where he um, is going to be able to thrive. That's where Stephon Diggs thrived last year. So I think they want to use him as kind of the centerpiece of that passing offense. Right. And I think he's in for a big PPR day. Yeah, and he gets to avoid Lattimore. There he's you going go. Back right. to my yeah. boy. He'll see most of Stephon Diggs. I think um, Rudolph is definitely worth a play, too. Absolutely. Um, I think he, that he's going to have this might be one of his better weeks. Uh Nervous about Dalvin Cook. I, I really don't like the Vikings line, and, and they were very bad through the run last year. And uh, the Saints actually were pretty good against the run defensively last year, uh, believe it or not. They just got torched through the air. Um, I expect a heavy pass day for the Vikings, and Dalvin Cook maybe mixed in through there. Maybe that's where his value kind of seeps through. I think they're still definitely, in my book, a soft target with the running backs, especially with one that can – 
catch the ball out of the backfield. For sure. I'm okay with going out there with Dalvin Cook. I actually am excited to do it myself with the one league that I have him. But, you know, as far as the other cast of characters, you know, you could do worse than starting Sam Bradford in Luck's uh, position if you have that to fill. Mm -hmm. I think Thielen is going to be a pretty cool option. Diggs, we'll see. You know, it's like kind of that dink and dunk offense, or is it or is it not? So we're going to get a new look at Sam Bradford with the full camp uh, right. for the Vikings. So that should be interesting. Drew Brees, you don't sit him. You nope. know what I mean? You're not going to. Um, Michael Thomas is not going to be a great matchup. I was going to say, he, are we worried that Michael Thomas gets the Xavier Rhodes treatment all yep. game? He will in my book, and he just may get the clamps. It might be uh, – tough sledding for him yep, week one i agree um if he struggles and people are you know overreacting go trade, go for, trade him. for him because <laughs> you know they're not going to play again and he's he's just a guy that is going to be too valuable and if someone is so short-sighted that they're going to give up on him after one week that's your advantage yeah i think there's you know this is like one of the few weeks that i'm down on michael thomas and i still think that he'll return like a six for 60 type of value um, looking at the other parts of the Saints offense, obviously, Breeze, we're in on. Um, the running back situation for me is too muddled, so I probably wouldn't start any of them. And if I did, I think I'd go AP just because I think they're going to try and get him a touchdown. Yeah, but you know, doing a lot of that in week one. Yeah, but you know, I'm not, you know, like I'm not, I'm not the guy who's going all in on Ted Ginn because Willie Sneed is suspended. Um, it's really those are the the only guys. Breeze and and Thomas are really the only guys I'm starting on the Saints. Yeah, I'm not I'm not really counting. I don't want to really want to count on, you know, the Saints getting Adrian Peterson a touchdown because, you know, that that Vikings defense is still very good and they're playing at home. Right. So I think it's a tough situation to get into. If we if this game were in New Orleans, I might feel a little bit differently, but I don't really know. Um let's move on to the last game, a big time division matchup. Uh the Chargers actually took uh, one out of the Chargers and Broncos actually split their season series last year, I believe. Uh, so the Chargers going into Denver, there any if any team's going to be used to going into Mile High, it's going to be a team in the AFC West. Uh, so the Char so we don't need to worry about anything like that. Right. Um, this is going to be an interesting game. Uh, the, we know the playmaking ability of the Broncos defense. However, we don't really know if that's going to maintain. They did just cut T.J. Ward, who's now going to be playing with the Buccaneers. Um, they must. They believe in. Uh, I think it's Ontario Stewart. They're looking for. Um, right. So, could be an interesting game for the passing game. Mike Williams from the Chargers will not be playing, but he was activated from the pup. Right. Um, so, you know, I am. We've been talking about this basically since we did the quarterback rankings. If we have Philip Rivers as our starting quarterback, we're nervous about it. Yeah, if I had Philip Rivers, I probably would have also spent a pick on another quarterback with the intent to just use them week one and even drop them right after mm -hmm. uh, just for roster space and, you know, upside guys. Cause I'm usually not the kind of guy who's going to draft two quarterbacks on the other side of positions that I don't really draft highly the defense. I think you can get away with starting the chargers defense. If you have the Broncos defense, you're going to start them at home versus Philip right. Rivers, most interceptions in the league. I don't have to tell you to start them, but I think you can start the chargers defense and I think you can start them for a couple games after I think they're a sneaky value pick. And if, if you have them, you already agreed with me on that one. So, right. you know, your draft's probably over. So if you're, <laughs> if you're starting them, you understand the upside if you have them on your team. So I think it's a interesting option. 
I guess we prematurely shut it down on Mike Williams. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I mean, I'm still not looking for him on a roster spot. Yeah, no, no, no. I wouldn't add him not even close yet. Um, Tyrell Williams, uh, Keenan Allen even. I'm trying to avoid starting anyone versus the Broncos like in in the wide receiver category. All season, listen, if I can yeah, do listen, anything about it. There were the, there were. I'm pretty sure they were the one and two ranked corners from Pro Football Focus last year. If not, both were in the top five. So pretty good. No matter what, you're in a dogfight when you go against either one of these guys. I think that the way the Chargers will attack them is actually through the running game and the tight ends. So I think Hunter Henry actually has some sneaky value week one to come in and, and maybe catch a touchdown. Um, I think Melvin Gordon will actually be able to run on them pretty effectively. They were he kind did of last year. they were able to be run on last year, Denver. So I think that it's possible Melvin Gordon does as well. Other side for the Broncos, um, they actually have a much tougher matchup than people want to admit with the Chargers. I'm still starting Demarius Thomas. I'm fading a little on Emmanuel Sanders, but I'm I'm not gonna you know argue with you if you want to start him as your flex. I, I think it's a, it's a decent play. Um, C.J. Anderson, I think. You know, he'll get volume, but that's about it. I'm not touching him. I'm not touching the Denver backfield. It's kind of like a situation where, you know, that veteran's treatment starting off the season, this may be one of your most useful C.J. Anderson starts. I don't think he's going to get uprooted too quickly. He he can probably put together a nice performance on Sunday. so Or Monday night, excuse right. me. So I think he'll be an all right start. Um, once again, you could do worse. You're right. <laughs> but I'm glad that you mentioned that the Broncos can be run on because they really were run on last year. Yeah, People love to say that they're number one defense, and they are a great defense. They're a great defense in real football. They're a great defense in fantasy football. But running backs really gave them issues last year. So if you're nervous about Melvin Gordon, you shouldn't be. Yeah, I agree. He's going to be a great play. Um, you picked him high, and you get away with it versus a tough defense because they're susceptible to the run. And with how good they are in covering the pass – their D-backs, it kind of sets up Melvin Gordon to get a couple more targets out of the backfield than he might in other cases. Absolutely. All right, that'll wrap it up. Uh, we've got our those 16 games worth of previews. Hopefully everybody got some last-minute advice that they need. If you would like to give us some sit-start advice, let us know on Twitter, at RutzFF. You can also let us know individually. Tom is at HillierFF. Scott is at WagsFF. Just one more thing to add. Why so serious? Sorry, one more thing to add. Prop bet pool. This is the last day that you can fill it out. Make sure you get that in. And, uh, you know, hopefully you'll be able to win your favorite player's jersey. Link is on our Twitter, at RutzFF as well. Get that sit-start advice in. And since I love putting you guys on the spot, highest scoring fantasy player for week one. What's your prediction? Jonathan Stewart. Julio. Aaron Rodgers. Let's see how it all plays out. We'll see you guys on Tuesday. Enjoy your first weekend of games. Hopefully everybody's got a nice setup for themselves to enjoy it. We'll see you Tuesday and keep scoring.